How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Beso Profundo podcast. I am Jonathan. And I am Sam. (laughs) And today I am super excited about this episode because it is an album that's near and dear to my own heart. I listen to it in the car, you know, as like I'm walking, pretty much doing whatever. Like I've been listening to it all week and I've been super duper pumped. So we're going to be listening to... The Mayday Parade album, A Lesson in Romantics. Hell yeah. And Sam, before this, had you ever listened to the album like at all? No, I've heard of Mayday Parade. They were super popular, I feel like, back in mm-hmm. the day. But I've never listened to any of their stuff before. So this was a very fun experience, like listening to this. I also don't listen to a lot of like punk like pop punk music like the extent of my pop punk is like paramore (laughs) i do a lot (laughs) (laughs) so listening to this i was like oh this is so interesting like this is not the stuff that i would normally listen to but i really enjoyed it and i really enjoyed learning about you know mayday parade and the album and yeah 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 i'm I'm really glad you 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 enjoyed it because if you were like nah i don't want to do this episode i'd be like okay It's, it's, it's fine. I mean, you sat through folklore with me, so I'll do Mayday Parade. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But like, I listen to, I listen to a lot of pop punk. Like, I have, I'm looking at it right now. I have a playlist on Spotify that you know it has like full albums. It has stuff where I'm like picky and choosy, but it's it um it says it's 11 hours and 17 minutes long. So oh it's my just, God. it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, I probably could break it down a lot better if I wanted to, like in like subcategories or like organize a little better. I'm probably going to do a, another run through of it, but it's just like stuff that I like. And I've, ever since I got Spotify, I've just been like adding to it and putting more stuff on. And it is just, I, I can, I can take a car ride like out to where I used to live, which is like three plus hours long. And I, you know, you won't hear the same song twice. So I love it. It's great. I, I really love pop punk. Some of the ones that I like. And Sam, what was the episode idea that I think you thought of that has to do with like pop punk and oh, punk that we're going like to do eventually? Pop punk and the subsequential Tumblr era. Right. Because um, I, I, like, I didn't have Tumblr. Actually, I, I didn't, didn't either. I made one at one point because a lot of people had had it and they thought it was like you know, really cool. You could check out stuff for your fandoms. I didn't go to DashCon. That's like a whole other thing. Do you know about, do you remember DashCon? No. Da- <laughs> I'll send you, I'll have to send you a video. There's a really good creator on YouTube called The Internet Historian, and he covers DashCon, and DashCon was essentially TumblrCon. Like, oh, okay. I forget why exactly the Dash was important like i said i made a tumblr because people said it was cool and then i just ignored it but it was so that i could say that i had one but there's infamous memes from it that basically the organizers of the con i'm trying i'm trying to organize this to make this sound not like a horrible disaster it's kind of like on the same like a step down from fire festival okay yeah so they didn't have enough money for the con. They couldn't pay the hotel that they were staring, staying at, which was like the Marriott. And a lot of the talent in the panels just straight up canceled. So you would show what? up to one. Yeah, you would show up to something and they'd be like, hey, they didn't come. Sorry. 
And then they had like a big panel of the creators and they were like, if you guys don't donate money, we're going to have to shut the con down early. And so a bunch of people were like, oh my God, here, here's some money, 20, 50, $100, blah, blah, blah. And to keep the con open is so that they could pay the hotel. And then the people who were at the con had like no money to pay the people in Artist Alley and stuff like that. So it was just terrible. But there's also the meme of the ball pit because i guess there was they had like a big ball pit that people could like jump around in but it was basically like a kitty shitty kitty pool oh uh, interesting someone, that someone peed in oh so you okay. couldn't even use it you couldn't even use it <laughs> it was just it was just a little terrible thing filled with plastic balls covered in pee so oh that's so fun that sounds like really a great time oh my god it sounds the best actually jk <laughs> save your money don't go people in the past I felt I felt really bad for them, but yeah. So we'll do pop punk and the sub subsequent Tumblr era someday, some yeah. at some point, and yeah. we'll cover more stuff of the stuff that we are talking about in this episode. But I forgot why I got on this tangent. Actually, I just kind of went off the rails, being like, "Hey, you know about Dashcon?" <laughs> I mean, it fits though. Oh, totally. Oh, we were talking about Tumblr. That's why. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, Tumblr. I remember seeing stuff because I was on it for all of 10 minutes and people making sparkly edited pictures of their favorite bands like All Time Low, Sleeping With Sirens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which one's the one with Vic Fuentes? I can only remember the name of the... Oh, I had one of their t-shirts. Why do I know your name? I'm looking this up right now. Pierce the Veil. There we go. Pierce the Veil. Okay pierce the veil so yeah we'll, we'll go over that but that's you know some of the ones the, the big ones in the same era as when mayday parade was like up and coming mm-hmm. uh, and, and i think it's really funny is that i remember in high school th- one of the people who introduced me to like pop punk i think it was around like freshman year of high school was my friend stevie and different stevie than the one who corrected us about leve <laughs> gonna say i'm like i cannot picture stevie being a pop punk girly <laughs> no 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 steve this is a different stevie when i was a freshman in high school i'm pretty sure the other stevie that we go camping with was in like elementary school yeah yeah so no no ba- little baby boy little precious um but my friend stevie who i went to high school with she had like the big skunk hair she had like band t-shirts like a couple of piercings like the the checkered belt do you know what i mean yes yeah and vans and, and the checkered jeans. vans mm-hmm. and the che- the checkered vans to go with it exactly like that's like the look mm-hmm. so wh- whoever is listening right now pause the episode right here go get on your best punk scene outfit and come back and, and replay just so that you can get in the, into the headspace of, of where we're going to be at I better see those um, side swept bangs. Oh, the bangs. Like the ones where you couldn't see at all. Yes. <laughs> Just oh covered your eyes completely. I had several friends that had that hairstyle. So fun. <laughs> uh, like all I can see, I just had the the most sickening flashback of how we were talking about i think last week the people who had the the oversized gur hoodie the crazy cracked out like Mm t-shirts arctic specifically arctic fox hair dye yes um oh my and then snake bites angel bites uh angel bites what's that yeah 
So I'm pretty sure snake bites were the piercings that went on either side of your lip down at the bottom. Okay. And then angel bites were the ones that came up top right here. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. like right by your cupid's bow. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. Tongue piercings, ones that go, I think it's, I think it's, there's the frog piercing, which is like the tip of your tongue, but pierced on the top right Mm. there. There's the snake, which is literally the tip of your tongue, but pierced horizontal instead of vertical. So when you stick out your tongue, it looks like a little snake. I don't, I don't remember what, I don't remember what this one was, the one that like went right here, but, but I Mm. remember I remember wanting it really badly, like the one that went right underneath your bottom lip in the middle. But people were like, oh, don't get it. It fucks up your teeth. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm not doing that because I had just gotten my braces off. Yeah, that's fair. I could see how that would absolutely destroy your mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like you have to be really careful with piercings and stuff like that because sam i remember from last episode when we were talking about i think we were talking about jade and you wanted to be cool spooky goth lady i did did you ever have any like grand visions of like i want an eyebrow piercing and a nose piercing well i i've always wanted my nose pierced and i actually just got my nose pierced well not just because at this point it's been like seven months but i got my nose pierced late last year basically early this year where wait where is it is it like on the side it's right on the right side. Oh, the little nostril, right? A little, yeah. little stud. That's yeah, super cool. nothing fancy. I didn't get like the septum or anything. But that was like the piercing that I always wanted growing up. And it it's was weird cool. because like, I thank you. Because I asked my mom in high school and she was like, no, no. Like, I'd let you get a belly button piercing, but not a nose piercing. I'm like, huh? I feel why like- <laughs> Why those in that order? Okay. I know. Maybe like, it's because you can like hide it, like you can put something over it, but like I think maybe that's why that's why she suggested the belly button instead of the nose. But I was like, I feel like a belly button <laughs> is like a little bit more of a promiscuous it piercing. Of, yeah, I don't know. Make it make sense. True. Also, when I was in, I think I was in like fifth grade or fourth grade. I was like oh, maybe no. nine or ten. <laughs> um, my neighbors had rock band for their playstation and we would go over and play oh, sick. yeah and derek and i didn't have it for we so we would go over and play and we had characters and everything like on their station or whatever yeah and my character was obviously my name she had blonde pigtails nice. bangs and the tips of the bangs were dyed like royal blue okay and she had a bunch of tattoos and i was like this is how I'm going to look when I hit high school. I was like determined <laughs> to dye my bangs blue, to have pierce a nose piercing, to have tattoos. You had just like grand plans. You're like, this is going to be me. <laughs> yes. This, what you, like you're, you're Demi Lovato. You're like, this is, this is real. This is me. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be and who I'm <laughs> supposed to be. God yeah, damn you, it. <laughs> you playing rock band, like projecting super hard. Mm hmm. But now I have three of those four things. I have the tattoos, the nose ring, and the bangs. But I don't have them dyed blue, unfortunately. Maybe you should get on that. Yeah, maybe one day. That would be super cool. I would do it. I've always wanted to dye my hair, but I've always been like afraid of not only a like damaging it, but I know that if you go to like a hairstylist who knows what they're doing, that'll you know that'll be circumvented. But 
I've also been afraid because I'm like, oh, what if I don't like it? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's Cause true. Because it's, it's like expensive to do and it has to be done right and safely so that your hair doesn't fall out. I remember seeing a video of people in the pandemic doing their hair and I saw one girl, all of her fuck, all her hair fell out in clumps. <gasps> and then, yeah. Oh. I also saw a girl who dyed her hair but she used into to wrap up her hair she used a walmart bag so the blue ink of the walmart logo was on the bleach of her hair so she basically had the the walmart blue logo on the top of her head oh my god yeah yeah that's awful the when i saw people with colored hair and especially guys with colored hair because at one point I remember specifically seeing, I don't remember where exactly I was or like how many years ago it was, but I remember getting reassured because I saw Markiplier and Jacksepticeye on YouTube. And mm. I think there's another guy named uh, Cranky Gameplays. And he, so Mark had red, Jack had, his name's actually Sean. His, uh, he has green hair, which is mm. also funny because he's from Ireland. So he's like a little Irish man with green hair. He looks like a four leaf clover. And then- Aww. And then Cranky had like royal blue hair, like like blue blue, and I was like, "Oh, that looks awesome!" But now I'm like, "I'm scared. I don't want to do that." <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel that. Yeah. So, but oh, I was talking about it earlier. My my friend Stevie, she girl Stevie, not baby boo Stevie. Mm. She had you know her whole look and everything, but up along her her entire forearm basically like both of them both of them she had the jelly bands of like the bands so you would you know you you can go to a concert you can order them online and they'd be a a, a band that you would wear around your wrist it'd be like mm. thick like that that says the band's logo and you know it'd, it'd be like in cool crazy design some would be like really big some of them would be thin kind of like you know the donation ones that you get at spirit halloween to being like oh i donated to you know so kids have a good halloween and they give you a yeah. bucket or you get them at hospitals they could be as small as that or they could be as thick as like a quarter not like horizontal but like if you laid it on its face it'd be like yeah and she had them up both arms like almost up to her elbows shoot I know, I know. I think she gave me she gave me two of them. She gave me a Pierce the Veil one and a Sleeping with Sirens one because she had doubles. So I was like, I felt really cool. I was like, oh yeah, now I got some fucking merch, whatever. <laughs> Are these like ones that she would get as she would see them in concert? Or did she like order them online? I don't know, actually. I don't know what concert she went to. I think she went to a couple and she got them there. Like I remember when All Time Low, which is one of my favorite bands, ever like I, I know all of their like a, up until a certain point i know like all of their songs off of the albums up to that point and they were at the north shore mall in newberry comics at one point and she went to see them got their autograph and i think i think she got a band for them too but like you can get oh, them that shoot. way that's cool i think primarily online that's i'm just gonna say pr primarily online cool. but it's it's really cool and i had a couple and i was like oh fuck yeah it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a certain period of time and a certain look. Like you can go back and rewatch some of Mayday's old concerts from 2005 and 2006 when they started all the way up until now. And 
some elements change, some things stay the same, but yeah. there's there's still a super killer band that mm-hmm. I highly recommend. The album that we're covering today, A Lesson in Romantics, is one of my favorite albums ever off of off of anything. And so that's why I was super excited to do it today. And this episode for this album is like how you mentioned earlier how we did folklore like this is one of the ones where i'm like all in gassed up ready to go i love it (laughs) even when i was working today like in the in my truck i was like going super hard and i passed i think it was it was like some girls at a lemonade stand and they also had brownies i don't know they were like these little kids like with like a big sign sending and i didn't see them till i was next to them and i was embarrassed as shit because i was like oh i was just going ham just now and i probably looked like <laughs> a big doofus no oh my gosh i'm sure they loved it did you get lemonade from them i didn't i don't carry cash on me i oh, really damn i really wanted to and then i braked really hard and i spilled my water no <laughs> no it's all right but i i if i can if i can support those kids like that then i would have but alas i had to go to a different city because i deliver mail mm, that's fair yeah so super poopy dukes but let us not tarry any longer my friends so today we're going to be talking about mayday parade and before we get into it sam what did you what did you think of the album like but not like maybe your preconceptions before you even listen to it and then after listening to it how did it change your opinion good question i know i do i know we didn't plan for this it was sort of off the cuff but i just was like thinking about it and i wanted to get your input no no it's totally fine i'm trying to think about yeah you hadn't really interacted with pop punk before you can say it's it's your opinion you you can say whatever you feel like if you're like i don't really i didn't really like it i didn't think anything of it or you know you listen to it and you're like oh it's actually pretty you know this album's all right yes thank you well i the first thing i'll say is something that you already know is that and forgive me i cannot tell their voices apart i'll only cry a little bit one of the singers i'm i'm not a fan of their vocals is it because there's there's Derek Sanders and then there's Jason Lancaster? I'm assuming it's Derek Sanders because it's like the like whoever sings <laughs> on the very first track in the very beginning. That is, I should know this off the top of my head. The first track is Jamie All Over. I'm I'm assuming it's Derek Sanders because it seems more like the lead. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the other voices that I'm hearing in the background. So I'm assuming that it's the lead singer that I don't like, but. I'm pretty sure in the uh, Jamie All Over, Derek Sanders is the higher voice, whereas Jason Lancaster is the lower one because they're, they're, okay. you know, they're, they're duetting. So I, I think it's Derek Sanders, which is unfortunate because Jason Lancaster leaves, which we'll cover later. Uh, Derek Sanders just is the lead singer for the rest of yeah. the time. Yeah. I don't think I liked his vocals very much. And going into it, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm totally joking. It's fine. Going into it, I had a feeling that it would not be probably my favorite album that I've ever listened to because, like I said, I'm not a pop punk girly. I've never really been a pop punk girly. The most I can handle is like Paramore and Paris. Right. And I also just like women who sing pop punk more so than men who sing pop punk that's fair yeah but 
after listening to it several times and writing down my notes, there are quite a few things that I like about the album. Right. I think a lot of the songs sound very similar to one another, but there's enough songs on the album that sound different where I'm mm. like, okay, I remember this one. I think it's groovy. It's funky. It has some, you know, gnarly chords or whatnot. Right. And I feel like I listened to the lyrics more in this album than I have in previous Mm -hmm. albums or songs that we've looked at which was kind of cool because i don't normally like deep dive into the lyrics as i'm listening but there were quite a few lyrics where i was like hit i felt like i got hit in the head with a brick i was like oh my god and and maybe maybe because maybe that speaks to how you viewed the album and the music because you know you said that like some of them kind of sounded sounded the similar or, or or the same so it's maybe something that you just latched on to instead because i've noticed before when we covered folklore and when we covered like youtube music in our first episode that you you looked at things more like how things sound mm. and how things come together because i remember you saying that if something doesn't sound right or if it doesn't sound like good to you then you can't super vibe with it so it's it starts just with the sound rather than the lyrics whereas like on the flip i was more looking at things like more lyrically like even in folklore like i really dug into it and like i remember i sometimes pushed the sound of it to the wayside getting into like the story that taylor was trying was trying to tell whereas like i feel like when we're doing a lesson of romantics that kind of flipped like Mm -hmm. you know you're you're talking more about the lyrics because that's what you're interested in whereas like i i think this this outline that we did I talked more about how things sound, certain parts of the songs that I really vibed with and just interesting things that they did with it rather than what they wrote down or what the song's about. Yeah. So I just I just think that's interesting. Like what we like more, it sounds better to us and then the dynamic of that. So I just think Yeah, that's really we kind of cool. we kind of flip-flopped on this one, which is interesting. But I think that's really great that we're we're exposing through this we're exposing each other to different music that we would like never listen to. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. And for the listeners, I hope that you do that too. What we listen to so that you know what we're talking about so that you we have context for what we're talking about. Listen to the albums, listen to the songs, check out Seal, go on YouTube and type in the stuff that we talked about folklore a lesson of romantics like just get into it and it's and it's really really great broaden your horizons yeah yeah because if you listen to the same thing over and over again it's it's essentially like putting yourself in an echo chamber just like Like me (laughs) like sam the same shit all the time oh i i'm totally guilty of that like how i have my 11 hour punk playlist punk pop playlist I will sometimes just put that on and just be like, oh, you know, there's enough here that it's it's varied enough. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I feel that. But that's that's something that I think that's great that that we're doing, that we're exposing ourselves to. A Lesson in Romantics by Mayday Parade came out in 2005. Like I said, near and dear to my heart. But we're going to start at the foundation and the bare bones of Mayday Parade and where they came from before really diving headfirst into the album. So Mayday Parade. It was a band born out of two, and by that I mean in 2005, two popular Tallahassee, Florida bands, one being 
kid named Chicago, and the other defining moment. The other, the band's name is Defining Moment. I'm not saying, and the other was a defining moment for them. No, uh, <laughs> they decided to merge and form one group. You know, the entire band is from Tallahassee, except Jake, who is the drummer, and he does like backing vocals, and he was from Cairo, Georgia. So, what the bands did in order so that they didn't have just like one gigantic super group, they pooled their resources and booted out undedicated members and decided to take the good from each of the bands and move forward. So, you know, they're like, oh, you know, this person isn't super into it. We only need however many guitars because they have the lead guitar, rhythm guitar. There's five core members. So they, well, at the time there were six. So they trimmed the fat, got rid of everything else and became Mayday Parade. And with lead singer Derek Sanders of Defining Moment, Mayday Parade explodes with energy and personality that I just, I, I love and is absolutely reflected in the album, like with the super hardcore, powerful duets that they do that, that you would see in like Jamie All Over and uh, Ocean and Atlantic, You Be the Anchor. Some really, really great ones. As, as far as the name went, uh, Jason Lancaster, who was one of the co-lead vocals who isn't with the band anymore, he said, we recorded our EP, Tales Told by Dead Friends, and wanted to start passing them out at shows, but we didn't have a band name. So we just started throwing around different, different words until we came up with a combination that we liked. So they had hooked their fans at shows and online with MySpace. So they, you know, they had like their own MySpace. They would have people... I don't remember exactly how it worked because MySpace was a little bit before us, I think. Did you have mm -hmm. MySpace? No, I was going to ask if you've had a MySpace, though. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't either. I remember seeing my cousins with with them and seeing how they customized everything, like how you would go onto their page and it would immediately start playing a specific song, like the sparkly, crazy graphics. And mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can you can do it with modern websites and blogs and they're still doing it on tumblr but you know a lot of people got off tumblr because the guy who leads tumblr is like oh no more porn anymore so they're like all right we're out see you later <laughs> that's like a whole that's a whole thing that i didn't talk about earlier that i forgot about but true you know tomato tomato but yeah like i remember seeing my cousins do it and i'm like oh that's really cool and my mom was like you're not getting to my space because she was very afraid of like who I would talk to online. She's like, there's fucking pedophiles online. And I'm like, no, -uh. and they're super worse. So I think she <laughs> yeah, was right. she's, she's got a point for no, sure. She, yeah. she super had a point, but I was like, remember being bummed. I was like, well, fucking MySpace this is stupid. I think I was a bit too young for MySpace. Cause I remember not really having any interest. I mean, I feel like a lot of our friends, especially like our camping friends are four or five years older than me. So they all had MySpace and stuff. But at the time, I was like, I had no interest. I was like, I'm gonna keep playing with my Bratz dolls. Yeah, exactly. Like we were, we were just, we were just, you know, we're we're similar age. We were just too young. Like especially yeah. our camp friends. Like there's like the older group, and mm -hmm. they were definitely they were definitely MySpace era. Oh, for sure. Like I can see, I can see Aaron being one. I think Katie had a MySpace. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Like Katie yeah. and, and the twins, which we talked about last time and we didn't even, we didn't even bring it up. Like, remember we we're talking about like Courtney and Heather, the total drama <laughs> yeah. Island characters. Those are the names of two of our friends. And they also happen to be twins. Yeah. 
which so is very thought, funny. Yeah, throw that in there for context. But yeah, MySpace, a little bit before us. But so they had their fans at shows and on MySpace, and they sold uh, 10,000 of their EPs without a, without a label at all. Holy shit. Yeah, like a lot. Like no no help, just word of mouth, people online being like, oh, I think I think they're great. Super, super really cool. So it seemed like they were pretty popular on MySpace. Definitely. If you're able to like move around that much and cover that much ground without any crazy financial backing, ads or stuff like that, they're good. Yeah. They they, they knew what they were doing and they, they knew their audience. Oh, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. And Mayday Parade was consistently in the top 30 unsigned artists on MySpace. They've Great. consolidated over 50,000 friends and growing and have totaled over 2.4 million plays. That's just on MySpace alone? I'm pretty sure I found, when I when I looked that up, that was just on MySpace. Oh, woo, yeah. holy damn. They caught on like a wildfire, man. It was mm-hmm. It was incredible to see. So after playing shows on the 2005 Warp Tour, along with sporadic gigs alongside bands like Armor for Sleep, The Rocket Summer, The Starting Line, and Emery, the band issued its debut EP, Tales Told by Dead Friends, signing with Fearless Records a month later. Yeah, they, they signed, uh, from the interview that I saw, it was while they were on tour. Like they were in, it's not like they did Warp Tour and guys were like, hey, we really like your sound, sign on our brand. No, it was like they saw them at a show and they were like, do you want to do you want to join fearless records like right now shoot oh my god i can't even imagine that's that's excellent just imagine being on tour and being like oh we're made a parade blah 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 like well not blah 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 they're amazing um but being like oh we're made a parade check us out on myspace here's some cds and then a dude approaches you and is just like do you want to sign like we'll we'll get you going right now i that's so cool I know. I I just that must have been a surreal feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it looks like they're still super popular. They have mm-hmm. one million three hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred forty followers on Spotify, and about two point one million monthly listeners, which is super good. Obviously, they're currently on tour, according to their website, with a few different bands: Yellow Card, Story of the Year, and This Wild Life. And I saw also that they're currently on tour until like the end of 2023. And then Mm. I thought it was really fun from February 26, 2024 to March 1st, 2024. They're playing on a cruise and going out of Miami, Florida. And it's called Emo's Not Dead Cruise. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's not dead. A yellow card story of the year, August Burns Red and Census Fail. I've never heard of these other bands, but I'm assuming they're pretty emo if they're playing a cruise show called Emo's Not Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know Yellow Card? No, I don't. You might know them from the like some of the songs that they do. Like one of their more popular albums is Ocean Avenue. And they have the single off of the album is the name of the album. So if, if you ever heard of Ocean Avenue, which is like one of their most popular songs ever, you would know. Then mm. that's like only one, breathing, some really good stuff. But that's awesome. I think I saw, oh God, there was like another show that I saw. It was like a 
like a like a whole host of shows. I think it's like it was called Punk's Not Dead. Mm. Yeah, Pop Punk's Not Dead in like 2011. That it didn't last for for very long, and I remember seeing stuff for it. There was another one that I think it was a couple of years ago, anywhere from like 2015 to 2018, and it wasn't real. Like people were, 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 were people were promoting it, being like, "Oh my god, this is crazy! It'll be in Las Vegas, blah blah blah," and then it totally tanked. Oh, that so, sucks. I remember, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't go anyways, but I was really excited to see how it went. I cannot remember for the life of me, but that's that's really cool that they're like uh, on tour because I know a lot of the really big bands that like broke out on the scene in the early two thousands. They're aging. They're, mm-hmm. they're aging like like we're aging, and it kind of reminds me of how you know the trope or like the caricature of like the barbecue Fourth of July dads, how they're like ACDC, Led Zeppelin, like <laughs> yes. they're like right, like classic rock. They're like this is the best music that has ever existed. Nothing better has ever come after this. Everything else is trash. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying people who listen to these types of music now, like how I'm talking about pop punk or like the crust punky people of now are like the, the heavy metal dads of yesteryear. But <laughs> we're kind of follow, we're kind of falling into, into the trappings. Like I know some of these bands are now being considered dad rock, which makes me want to throw up. Dad rock. Oh my God. Yeah. It makes be- me feel old. I know. I know. And like, it, it's, it's coming off of like how we were talking about Nickelodeon people from last time, how we're like, Oh, Victoria justice just turned 30. I remember when she was on Zoe one Oh one and mm-hmm. they're like, all right, cool. Do you want to check out your social security benefits? Awesome. <laughs> Whatever. If you retire now, you'll have $5 a day. Actually, that's way too much. I'm probably going to have like $5 a month. Of I know. Kids. Like for, for, for all intents and purposes, we should have life alert necklaces. <laughs> like, this is awful. Exactly. But, like people of this generation are having children now. And like, you know, the Zoomers are pointing at us and laughing and being like, ha ha, you're 27. Like I can, I can vote. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. I can drive. Well, I'm sure the people of our generation, the, what did, what did you call, what'd you call them? Punk dads? Dad punks? Oh yeah. Like the, like, I think, I think I called it like, it was just dad rock or like. Dad dad rock. I think the dad rocks are still listening to Mayday Parade because they just released two new singles. They released Got Me All Wrong and More Like a Crash. I think I think they released them on two separate days, but I think More Like a Crash is their most recent one. They released it on June 30th of this year. So that's not on an album yet. It's not, no. But I was wondering if they're going to be coming out with a new album soon since they have those two singles. I, say, I would love that because the most recent album that they did was in 2021 is what it means to fall apart. And I like that. I mean, my favorite albums that they do personally, a lesson in romantics. I, I, you know, the one that we're covering today, which they, you know, they released a billion years ago. They have like the anniversary edition, which added a couple of new, a couple of other songs, the self-titled album. I really like, and then I really like uh Sunnyland also, which was in 2018, oh, which okay. kind of, it kind of brings back some of their reminiscent sound of stuff that they did earlier on, like hmm. I, I, I like it. It's really great. 
but so you know they're they're still big powerhouses they're still releasing music and on tour doing their thing and i i think they're absolutely fantastic yeah so as far as the band goes there's five core members and then there are people who do additional vocals on the album so there's derek sanders who does the lead vocals there's jeremy lenzo whose nickname is cabbage and uh his <laughs> no one no one knows why literally nobody knows why that was gonna be my question <laughs> except for alex garcia the lead guitar but they won't tell anybody like it's just like an inside joke that they have that they've just been torturing people with for like more than a decade it's like just say something man That's come hilarious. on it's really funny uh, so there's, like I said, Alex Garcia, lead guitar, Brooks Betts, who does the rhythm guitar, and then Jake Bundrick, who does the drums, and he also does backing vocals too. But on the album, there's Jason Lancaster, who does co-lead vocals and guitar on all of the songs. Natalie Van Langdingham, who does additional vocals on Jersey, and Daniel Lancaster, who does additional vocals on Jamie All Over. So... Main four, main five, or you know, should have been six because Jason Lancaster had a significant impact on the writing of some of the songs on the album. But you know, bad things happened, and he's no longer with the band. He later formed his own band, Go Radio. So check them out. Check them out also. So, as far as the albums go, Sam, how many do they have? They have ten albums. Their first one was an EP in 2006, which we already talked about, Tales Told by Dead Friends, A Lesson in Romantics, which we'll be talking about more in depth in a little bit, which was in 2007, Anywhere But Here in 2009, Valdosta, Valdosta, which is an EP from 2011, their self-titled album in 2011, Monsters in the Closet in 2013, Black Lines in 2015, Sunnyland in 2018, an EP from 2020 called Out of Here, and like you mentioned, Jonathan, What It Means to Fall Apart, which is their latest album in 2021. It's so good. They got quite the quite the reputation here. Oh, yeah. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of content. I love them. Please listen to more Media Parade. Anyone who's listening, you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. But also, just because I don't know when we're, when we're going to cover it, but some of the songs that I like off of the self-titled album, I'll just throw it in here. Oh, well, oh, well, stay. And I really like A Shot Across the Bow. So that's great. Cool. Oh, also, another thing that I just thought I'd throw in that I've noticed in pop punk, and I didn't exactly put it together until I saw a video about it, like a lot of pop punk music talk <laughs> it makes me laugh even thinking about it because there's so many examples of which i won't get into here because it take up too much time because we're already f- like 40 minutes in but uh a lot of bands talk about the undertow literally look up pop punk songs that have undertow in them there's like a thousand undertow like t-o-e or t-o-w t-o-w like okay like when you're at the beach and they're like oh watch out the undertow will get you and suck you out to sea oh okay a lot of a lot of these bands have that in there and when i listened to them all together it made me cringe a little bit because i was like oh god is this a thing oh no so mayday parade they are not without their accolades you know they're a very long-standing band that has stuff credits to them so they have a kerrang award and kerrang it's a british music webzine 
and quarterly magazine that primarily covers rock, punk, and heavy metal music. Mm. So, yeah, they won a Kerrang! Award for Best International Newcomer in 2009 and an Alternative Press Music Award for a Song of the Year for their single Miserable at Best in 2009, which is one of the songs in the album that is very sad. Mm-hmm. That, that we both like. Yeah. So they also have uh, some nominations in 2011, Oh Well, Oh Well, which I covered. Uh, music Video of the Year, they were nominated. The, the band themselves, they were nominated twice for Most Dedicated Fans in 2014 and 2016. Shoot. I know, I know. Die Hard fan base for Mayday. Mm-hmm. They're really great. Like, I got to see them uh, at the last Warp Tour. So it was called The Last Warp Tour because it was the last one that went from coast to coast, like from Cali to like the East Coast where we're over at. And I saw them at the Manfield Xfinity Center. I think it, it was on 727. And they even, what I, th- what I thought was really cool, because I saw another video of it that they did, I think it was in California, but they covered Blink-182 song, The Rock Show. And... It was great. I also love Blink. I have, I don't know if I'd call it a battle jacket necessarily. Do you know what a battle jacket is? No. So a battle jacket is basically, you know, people take like jean jackets, leather vests, and they'll sew like spikes onto them, primarily patches of bands and stuff that they like. Oh, that's what that's called? Yeah, it's a battle jacket. Oh, cool. Okay. They're they're hard as shit to wash. You basically just have to soak it because you know the the, the patches are like more sensitive, and you don't want, mm. you can't you can't scrub them or like really put it in the the washing machine because it'll it'll hurt the fabric and it'll fray right. and look terrible. But yeah, like I I have one. It's a long sleeve. It's not it's not like one of the sleeveless jean jackets. That, those are also cool, but mine's long sleeve, and I have like a blank patch on it. I have an Iron Maiden patch on it. I have like a couple of others, but I love blank. They're great, and it's really cool to see them do the rock show because it literally says the rock show. You know, of the song of the song was at Warp Tour, so it's like super appropriate. But oh, that's so cool. They were fantastic. The crowd was huge. Everyone was like super wild. You know, they got everyone hyped up with some like some of their big bangers like from this album. It got a little somber and weirdly quiet. You know, all the other stages were off doing their thing, but like, mm-hmm. you know, people were intently listening and it was it was just really really cool to see. It was one of the first shows that I that I went to. That's so cool. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome at Warped. They have the lineup, like they have like multiple different stages, like they have like the big ones, stage one, two and three. They'll have like some like smaller ones off to the sides. Like I saw I saw Tatiana De Maria and she was fantastic. But then there was also I forgot the lead singer of Real Big Fish. And I think she was borrowing his guitar. And I thought it was really funny because she was like, oh, hey, you know, I couldn't do this without so-and-so from Real Big Fish. And Tatiana De Maria, she has like really nice hair. She was like wearing like a nice jacket, like. She looks cool. And then you just see like this caricature of like a ska man where he had like a big mohawk, <laughs> like beard, van shoes, the checkered belt, the checkered cargo, belt. yeah, cargo shorts, a Hawaiian shirt. And I'm like, wow, he like, it's as if he just stepped out of like a poster being like it, it, real cool guy, real cool guy. But that's hilarious, though. Oh, my God. I, I wish I wish I could do that all over again. I loved Warped. But uh Yes. As, as I said earlier, some stuff happened with Jason Lancaster. 
Yeah. So shortly after the release of the album, Jason Lancaster, Lan, Lancaster, Lancaster. I don't know why I just, that was hard to say. Jason yeah, Lancaster left the band over a songwriting dispute, specifically the inside liner notes for the CD. He's not listed as a member of the band, which is which super sucks. odd. Yeah. Why right, would they exactly. do that? Well, cause like if you, if you wrote stuff for it, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. It's just that like, you know, he was from one of the two bands that like merged together and they came together and, you know, they became one band. So for him not to be put in the liner notes, that just, that really, really sucks. So I can totally understand why he was upset about that. Like you're, you're just not being credited. Like, right. It says that he was in, he did some of the vocals. Well, he did vocals for like all the songs, but to just not be in there, that's just, Mm-mm. It just sort of seems like they're just throwing him in the background. Like, here's here's right. XYZ, ABC, members of the band. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, this guy, Jason, he liked it a little bit of stuff, you know? I like, I would be pissed if that was me too. Right, exactly. So he had, he had every right to be upset. Yeah. So he said he didn't get credited for the work properly, which I agree with. So he left and ended up making his own band, Go Radio, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And Lancaster later commented, quote, I wish it could have gone down differently. End quote. Totally, man. Yeah. Sorry, dude. That sucks. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if in, in the future he's found, he's found success, he's found happiness, then it's un- as unfortunate as it was that he split. I'm glad he's yeah. doing okay now. You know, do, Me too. Do, do, doing their thing. And they came back together later on for a very short time, which we'll get into later, which just shows that everything's not as bad as it was. Yeah. But so for the album, we'll just quickly go over before we get into our analysis, our opinions of the songs. We'll just go over the track list for you really quickly. So I'll do first half. You do second. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Excellent. So the first track, Jamie All Over. Second, Black Cat. Third, When I Get Home, You're So Dead. Fourth, Jersey. Fifth, there's a couple of mouthfuls on here. If you wanted a song written about you, all you had to do was ask. And then, oh, I just got lost. One, two, three, four, five, six is Miserable at Best. And number seven is Walk on Water or Drown. Number eight is Ocean and Atlantic. Number nine is I'd hate to be you when people find out what the song is about. That's another mouthful. (laughs) Wait till you get to the last one. Number 12. Number 10. Is that what I'm on? Number 10 is Take This to Heart. Yes. 11 is Champagnes for Celebrating. And in quotations, I'll have a martini. I'll have a martini. (laughs) And number 12. You may be angry. Yeah, warm up for it. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Me, me, me. You be the anchor that keeps my feet on the ground. I'll be the wings that keep your heart in the clouds. That's Sounds it. like a slam poetry piece. I know, exactly. That ooh, Snaps for that. Snaps all snaps around. Snaps for that. That's a novel. <laughs> uh, there were bonus tracks on the 2008 reissue, which we are not covering in this episode, unfortunately. Quiet. I hear the groans. I don't care. We're just doing we're doing the core original album. I'm so sorry. It was a sort of an afterthought, you know, just because we did the main we we did the the main few looked back and we're like, oh shit, you know, they have two more. And we we're like, well, 
we're doing the episode. So <laughs> those, <laughs> those are there. If you really want to form an opinion and then scream at us, then go listen to them. Listen to the yeah, album. Do it. Yeah. Tell us, tell us how wrong we are to, to overlook it. So you might be asking yourself why we're not playing the music to go along with the albums or songs that we do in the episodes. It would probably be better and make the podcast better, right? Like if mm-hmm. we could hear that stuff, that'd be right? super cool. Oh my God. Well, there's a good answer. Uh, we're afraid. <laughs> we're afraid. <laughs> That's of, it. We're afraid. <laughs> we're afraid. Yeah. Because of DMCA copyright strikes. There, there are just certain things that you can't do. Mm-hmm. And if this caught wind and you know apple was like you played the song do you have the license for that no and then we would get taken down we would get shot in the face and the podcast would be canceled like that and they would burn our houses and stuff yeah exactly just scorched earth tactics because we didn't get the licenses for it so until we get the licenses to play the songs in our episodes Unfortunately, it won't be in. That's why we're strongly encouraging you to listen to the things that we're talking about so that you understand where we're coming from. And if we say, oh, this thing that happens at this time in the song, you'll be like, I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? So that's that's why we can't play right. it because they'll literally come and kill all of our families. And we also love hearing what you guys think about the songs your favorites your least favorites things that you like and stuff so we always encourage you guys to listen to the stuff after the episodes or before the episodes and shoot us a message comment on you know our socials and stuff we love reading the stuff that you guys have to say absolutely love it it's just in you know like 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 sam said regardless just check it out it's it'll be it'll be well worth your time and if you don't like it still comment like you could be like Oh, Jonathan, why you like this album? You're fucking stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. Like, I'll still comment back, but it'll be funny. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. fight with us. It's fine. Yeah, you we you can have a differing opinion. That's why Sam was like, meh, a lot of these sound songs the same. And I didn't immediately eh. break down. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Even if even if her opinions are wrong, like she still has her opinion. It's fine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> No, so it's yeah, it's it's all right. Comment, tell us what you think. We love to hear from you. So, let's go into our favorites. Like, let's go bottom to top. Sam, what was your what was your number three? So I noticed that my number three is the same as your number three. It is the same. It's the same. So cool. My third favorite off the album was Miserable at Best, which is my third favorite, but the most sad i think it it definitely is the most depressing off of the album and like it is really set apart from everything else yep so it's it's really it's really really different from everything else that i've noticed because unlike all the other tracks it is literally the only instrument that they have is just the piano like Mm. is just like the really somber you know, it's it's the back and forth between Derek and Jake, you know, Derek Sanders, Jake Bundrick, rather than the hard duets that they have like throughout the entire album. So I just I really like it. And plus, it's it's sad. It's it's it's, it's a sad theme. Mm-hmm. The one line that really got me was the hardest part of living is just taking breaths to stay. Woo! Oh, my oh, God. I know. Right. I heard that line and I was like, who's cutting onions in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's just me in the corner like, sorry, I'm making jambalaya. 
it's okay as you should but <laughs> no, yeah keep, keep going it's an excuse <laughs> it's my dinner but yeah no the song was super sad i just i think the lack of instrumentation like the soul piano and the vocals is gorgeous and it just adds so much extra emotion to the already sad lyrics right because it draws you in right it just ties everything together i thought it was uh, marvelous for sure so the song itself is about a singer trying to express the pain he feels about losing the the girl that he loves and watching her be with someone else which mm. it's you know it's up for debate whether he had to move away and the girl is just with someone else like they broke up and just like the thought of that so he recognizes he can't be with her anymore but he can't fe help but feeling miserable at best without her in his life like he acknowledges that he needs to move on and he even says so in the song saying he knows he should be stronger but he can't help himself and mm. he's still hurting from the loss but he can't help but feeling jealous of of this new per person in her life so yeah. it, it just really sucks and you know depending on if you if you relate to that i can only imagine someone just being like oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, oh yeah. no too personal this is one of the ones where i really felt like i was listening intently to the lyrics mm -hmm. i think also maybe just because there's not a lot of instruments Mm -hmm. for me to listen to like i normally would right so i just felt very focused on the lyrics but i also feel like it just that's the nature of the song like you said it draws you in mm -hmm. definitely so but then like I, I really liked how it was structured because so like the intro seems to be the perspective of this quote-unquote katie because, you know, made it, made it, I think in Jamie All Over and then Miserable at Best, they use the names of two actual people. So it's like, you know, not sure if they're taking inspiration from their own lives. Because, Sam, I know you had the same obstacle as I did of where, you know, we're trying to find context for the songs and like what they're about, like how we did folklore. Like Taylor was mm. t told you afterwards or like, you know, in other stuff, she's like, hey, this is what this song is about. This is who I'm talking about and whatever. But we're like looking through this and we can't find them telling us what it's about. Right. I had a really difficult time trying to figure out what the nature of most of these songs are about. There was a few where I found a few articles, I guess maybe not articles, but they were more so like post about what like a, they like thought the song was about. A forum. Thank you. I'm like trying to <laughs> Yeah, like fishing for the words. <laughs> I see, I see you doing yes. this, you're like doing this with your arms like trying listener to... I'm like pulling shit out of the air trying yeah, to exactly find this word. literally yeah. trying to physically find it I found a few forums for one of the songs or a few of the songs about what people thought the song might be about but other than that yeah. I had such a hard time I like couldn't find any definitive answers about what these songs are about or who etc right like there was one song from from the album and I think it was not walk on water oh, it's ocean atlantic and apparently someone had said on a on a forum that i saw like a post that they're saying oh ocean atlantic is about uh, a prostitute but i couldn't find that i so i couldn't say definitively like yes this is what this is about because they said that the band said at a show but i was like all right well it, it you could just be making that up so i was like right. i was like oh should i include this but since it ties into this i was like it couldn't be specifically tied down. So like, I don't know. So you yeah. know, it, all of this is like pretty interpretive. So yeah, 
yeah, the, 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 the intro of the song takes their perspective of Katie and she's trying her hardest to be able to let go and move back home to Ocala, Florida. But the idea is haunting. That's, that's at least my interpretation. And then hmm. switches to the narrator, like whoever is singing the song when he says, but compared to your eyes, nothing shines quite as bright. And when we look to the sky, it's not mine, but I want it so. So I think he's saying like he wants to he wants to be with her again, but she's moving on and they can't. And then, you know, he compares her eyes to stars, saying they shine brighter. It's coming to an end. She he sees that she doesn't belong to her anymore. Oh, yeah. So it's it is a depressing song. I remember I I listened to it. And just being like, oh, like for the first time, just being in tears because I was a little teenager and like overly emotional for absolutely no fucking reason. (laughs) (laughs) But the one line in this song that really hit me was where he says, I'll miss the lips that made me fly. Oh, it hits me like a ton of bricks, dude. That's so sad. I know. I know. Like, it's just like. Because you can you can hear the regret, but mm-hmm. it, there's nothing you can do about. He's like, there's nothing you can do about it. Aww. Mm. So that one was that. That's one's our number three. It's it's super awesome. Like, I love the 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 duet between them two. Like, how there's the higher lower voice. Like, they're projecting and being like oh i know i know he's there like you're making eyes and he's gonna ask my girl to dance yeah oh so sad yeah but it's a good one. Oh, definitely such a good one since that one was your number three and this is where ours kind of branch off a little bit what was your number two my number two was i'd hate to be you when people find out what this song is about which is still a mouthful for me. Right. And that's number, that's track nine off of the album. It is track nine. The thing I liked the most about this album was actually some of the musical aspects that they put into it. There we go. I love the harmonies in this one, especially the dissonance on the lines trying mm. to get up and never let you go. Oh, so good. I wound up figuring out what it is so that dissonance on that part is a d sus four chord d sus four so i i like to i so i don't know much about music and stuff like that so just explain it to me as if i was a dumb toddler which i pretty much (laughs) no okay so you know how a chord like on a piano you have you have three notes in a chord Yes. So you have like the root, the third, and the fifth. I'm of... I'm winking because I, I don't. <laughs> okay. So basically in a chord, let's say on a key on like a keyboard or a piano, you have a chord which has three notes. Mm-hmm. It's always the first note, the third note, and the fifth note of the scale, mm-hmm. which you can determine based on the key. So mm-hmm. in a normal major chord, you would have the first note, the third, and the fifth. Okay. But in a D sus four, you have the first note, the fourth note, and the fifth. Oh. Which the fourth and the fifth note switch it up. Back, yeah, it switches up. It creates this clash, this tension. It feels to musicians like your soul is about to burst because there's like this crunchy sort of like tension. It feels a little bit dissonant. And it's a beautiful chord and it just creates that really nice tension. And then at the end of that line, they resolve it to a regular D major chord. So it kind of feels like 
it feels like you're listening and you're like, oh, like this, there's a backwards note. It feels really tense. And then it resolves into like this beautiful major chord. And it's like, ah, oh, I feel so much better. Oh, because majors. So what, what is the difference? And this is literally what sets us apart musically from me being like, ha I like how this sounds. And Sam is like, <laughs> oh, sus four, first, fourth and fifth. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so like that's that's really interesting so would you say major chords are like more pleasant and then like you say minor chords are like more dissonant and unsettling i, I would say ma minor chords are more i don't want to be basic and be like minor chords are sad and scary but that's like <laughs> that's like what they always say in like elementary school music like i remember them giving us pieces no, remember, of paper remember i'm a dumb toddler it's fine no. <laughs> I remember in elementary school when they were teaching us major versus minor, they would give us markers and paper. And it was always like, listen to the major, the song in a major key. And it's always like, right. you have yellow and orange and pink and, you know, these happy colors. And then for the minor songs, Aww. it's like black and gray and oh, blue no. and dark green. Blue and so darker just, blue. Yeah. <laughs> Blue and the darkest blue. Actually, blue is my favorite color, so I think blue is a happy color. Oh, the, also, fun fun little sidebar note. When we've been coordinating our like outlines, we've been color coordinating our like other lines that like we want to do and like we want to talk about. So Sam's are blue and mine are green. Yeah, mine are blue because blue is a happy color. Blue is a nice color, like royal. Yeah. Like it reminds me because I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft. It reminds me of the mm -hmm. Alliance. So it's like invokes like, ha ha, yes, blue. <laughs> it was also the color of English in school. Did you have that? Like in school, did you have, did your subjects have colors? Yes, actually blue was English for me as well because blue is my favorite color and English was my favorite subject. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why people will fight about this fight to the death. And this is my stance. You can come after me if you want to. I'll fight, I'll fight, fight back. I swear to God. But blue was English. Red was math. Uh, green was science. Yellow was history. Orange was Spanish. What was another, what was the other subject or like uh, history or social studies? I think there was another yeah. one. What, what the fuck was purple? I remember I had a purple one too. But yeah, some people are like, nah, green is math. And I'm like, I want you dead. What? That's I disgusting. I, I agree with everything you said, except Thank I didn't you. take Spanish. I took French. Oh, okay. And I think French was probably purple or yellow for me because I didn't really use orange a lot. But I agree. All the same. Red was math because math sucks. And I don't like the color red. I Red I, is my I favorite color. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. The only reason why I didn't make my color red was because if you look at it for too long, it'll just fucking hurt your eyes. So I'm like, Fair. if I'm looking at this outline for however many hours, I don't want to burn out my retinas. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, green. It's my number two. It's fine. Yeah. Green is a good one. And plus well. green is biology and trees are green. So it's science. Mm -hmm. It makes sense true yeah amen so, so you were talking about how like they're like oh green and no fucking blue and gray and black and gray. For, for minor yeah but like musically the only difference between well i don't want to say the only difference the difference between major and minor is that 
a major chord is, like I said, the root, the third, and the fifth of the scale, but a minor is the root, the flat third, I think. Don't quote me on that. I could I be can't. wrong. I don't have that ability. Yeah. Sorry, I was doing the Simpsons. It's... that was good that was good that was like the simpsons right yeah see there we go and uh yeah but that's why i really liked i hate to be you when people find out what the song is about because i thought that d sus forward was really cool i like i like the intro like i really like how it starts like how it's like just like just like them duetting and it's like oh it's not easy but like, and then, and then it really breaks out into the guitar and the drums in full force. Mm-hmm. And this was the song where I was really curious about what it was about, mostly because the title is funny. Like, I'd hate mm. to be you when people find out what the song is about. So then I was like, well, what happens if I find out what the song is about? And then I realized, what is the song about? So I- <laughs> yeah, we just kept spiraling. What is the song about? I kept I spiraling. No one will tell like- me. No, but I kept seeing, this was the part where I kept finding the forums about people saying different things. So I was seeing a bunch of things about one person being in love with another, and then some other people thought that it was about the lead character or the singer coming clean to someone they love about something that they did that upset them. Mm -hmm. And like the example lyrics that they had was, and I'm sorry, but this this isn't easy. wasn't easy when i asked you believe me you never let go but i let go and i thought that was interesting but nothing yeah. nothing concrete here so don't take my word for anything oh yeah no similarly like i thought it was about a breakup like that's what it seemed to me and it seemed like it was more it was more one-sided like on the narrator's part He's like, I'm thinking of the worst things that I could say to you but a promise doesn't mean a thing anymore like maybe a promise of a relationship i don't know and this will never be right with me. And now you're trying desperately, but I'm tongue-tied and terrified of what I'll say. And then we'll both go down together. We may mm. stay there forever. Yeah. So it's like, he's like, he's saying, and this will never be right with me. Like maybe she did something and it just, it's, it's not working with him. Like he can't, he can't just move past it. And she's trying desperately to like make up for it or keep it together. And he's just like, no, it's, it's falling apart. We're both getting taken down from this. Right. That's, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. At least. But uh, I just, that's, that's my biggest thing is I, I love the, the intro. And this is another song on the album that has like really heavy duets. And that's something that I, that I should have talked about earlier when we were talking about like getting into our favorites It's just like, in this song, the duets are unreal. Like they're just, mm-hmm. they're so powerful. They're so striking. Like the belting that they do and specifically in, in the tracks and I'm putting them out in order of appearance, you know, Jamie all over a lot of them. So Jamie all over Jersey. If you want a song written about you, all you have to do is ask walk on water or drown ocean and Atlantic. I hate to be you to, and then take this to heart. Like all of them are so strong in that aspect. And then, you know, the layering, the layering that they do, and especially, especially it take this to heart. We'll get it. We'll get to it when we get to track 10, but. Whoo. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, it's, so what's your second favorite, Jonathan? My second favorite. Ho ho. Mine's uh, Jersey, which is track four. Oh, the album. okay. As, as we're going through this, I'm like playing it in my headphones, like for myself. But 
it's so good this is like all of the songs that i go over are ones that i personally love to sing in the car mm. and i love how in the song up until probably about you know 20 25 seconds they're going word for word as a duet like it's not like they're doing like a few lines like they're both like singing it together so it's you know one higher one lower i don't know it's a little bit dissonant but it's powerful like the duets in this song make my fucking heart stop and i really like specifically in the intro like when it's like building up to the drop the sort of like rim drumming like just the Mm -hmm. sticks on the metal and you know this is where we're talking about how i'm getting more into the sound than the lyrics it's Mm -hmm. just it's 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 excellent and I'm I'm also trying to avoid the words so good because I noticed when I was listening to our last episode, we go back and listen to it and have like a shot counter of every time we say something is so good, your fucking kidneys will shut down and your liver will fail <laughs> if you take You're shots. Drunk out of your mind. Oh my God, straight up off your ass. It's hilarious. But, you know, that's just how passionate we are. Yeah. But so, oh, Oh, and then the the slower bass, it just really gets you hyped for it and like ready for the drop. Mm-hmm. What, what did you think of it? I liked it a lot. It wasn't my favorite. I like the key change a lot. The key change! The key change is so good. Oh! I love a good key change. Like how it does like a step, a step up higher? Yeah. It's so powerful. It's super cool. And for some reason, I really resonated with... Here's another one where I was like, ah, listening to the lyrics. Yeah. But... I really resonated with the line gone beyond repair. I don't remember the rest of the line, to be honest, but I was like, Oh my God, why is this kind of sad? Whoa. Who's cutting (laughs) onions again? (laughs) Sorry. It's still me. I need it for my, uh, for my salsa. (laughs) Ooh, salsa with the jambalaya. Sounds good. Ooh, a little bit on top, Mm -hmm. a little bit of, uh, crema fresca, or is that what it's called? Yes. That with like that. that I don't know, but it sounds so queso fresco. I'm stupid. You're not stupid, Jonathan. Listeners, comment and tell Jonathan that he is very smart. Or, he is. Or just yell at me and say funny things. It's fine. I'll laugh. <laughs> I'm a little silly jester. <laughs> but so the key change is awesome. Like I can literally mm-hmm. hear the crowd freak out all over again. Because once they do that step up, it's like electricity, man. Yeah. Ah, it just it, it gets me going like nothing yeah. else. So like... Sam, I swear to God, if we're ever in a car together, it's on. <laughs> it's like not even just the song, like I'm going hard. Like we're like Okay. I'm cool with that. Okay. But so what the song what the song I thought was about, you know, Jersey, it seems like the singer got let on and the girl left and ditched him. Like example of this is that the lyric that everything you said to me was a lie until you left. And then followed by, and I should have been your everything. So it's sort of like, yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like maybe she was saying like, oh my God, I love you. You're amazing. You love my life. Doing like little K-pop hearts. And then she gets on a bus one day and disappears. Shoot. Yeah, exactly. Like who knows? There's a song that it reminds me of that you can listen to in – quick succession it's by all time low oh god what album is it off of um just taking a second to look this up i know it's off of their live album straight to dvd part one 
Remembering Sunday. It's kind, it's kind of like that. So if you listen to Remembering Sunday featuring Juliet Sims of Automatic Love Letter, I'm pretty sure. It's great. So it kind of reminds me of that. But so mm. it's just, it, it has like a desperate plea of strength to move forward. Like he needs, mm. he needs to be able to move on from this. But mm. it's put in such a way that, you know, it's, it's, it's very upbeat. The super quick drums, like the lead and rhythm guitars, like working together. It's, it's awesome. So it's sort of, it glosses over or it can gloss over some of the more sad and somber elements to it, unless you're like digging in and listening to it. Yeah. So Jersey, shit. I love it. It's a good one. Hello, this is Jonathan from the future or the past, or depending on whenever you're listening to this, you might be wondering why exactly the episode is ending right now. We were just about to get to the good parts. Well, I have an answer for you. That is because this coming week, we will not be recording. Thus, no episode will be produced, but fear not. We still have content for you, which is why what we're doing is we're going to be breaking up this part of the episode with the next, splitting it into two pieces, two more palatable bite-sized pieces for you to enjoy so that there's no break in the content and there's nothing for you to miss. You can just keep enjoying the content that you've come to know and love as intended. So fear not. Beso Profundo will be coming back next week. With part two of Mayday Parade with me and Sam, we're going to be getting down to our number one most liked tracks on the album and then into the analysis of the remaining of the tracks. So, see you next week.